2: Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase.
4: The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed.
5: From the center of that galaxy and our galaxy, this is Four Center presents. Other center, I'm Ken Nabsock, and I almost did it again offline. Content.
3: <laughs> uh, I'm Joseph Scrimshaw, and I can I can I just share what happened? Share what happened. Oh, I just love it. Uh, we all we always record as Ken says live, did tape from his broadcasting days, and very rarely uh change anything. But uh, sometimes in our intros, we we fumble and then we do start over. I've done it many times, but Ken just had a great one. Uh, Ken <laughs> said it from the center of the galaxy, uh, four center prevents
5: presents
3: Pre- so if you need some preventative measures we're here
5: for you <laughs> we're here indeed we're here we're here uh, uh, yes uh, anyways hi friends hi Joseph hi Jen hey you're here for some- hi yes
6: I am I am here I'm happy to be here this is gonna <laughs> be fun this
5: is our questions of the other episode uh we are gonna we got some great questions here one I had the shortest note ever and one I had to stop myself Joseph so
3: Tom. Yeah. Oh, I think I know probably which one was longer and which one was shorter, but
5: yeah, uh, maybe I'll be surprised.
7: <laughs> 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 we
5: want to remind you, as always, that today's pro- podcast is bu- uh, brought to you by Audible. <laughs> Get a free audiobook download and a thirty day free trial at audibletrial. dot slash center. You know they got over one hundred thousand titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP three player. Uh, we have a four center recommends and other center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us right here right now. Uh, Joseph, do you have one?
3: Yeah, you know what? I am actually. I'm just going to repeat a book I've uh, yeah. I have recommended multiple times because, hey, that's what we used to do with those other Galaxy books. Yeah. Uh, inspired by the wonderful tweet I got uh, from our friend Mark Knope, who actually got the physical book. But you can check out the audiobook of The Unexpected Mrs. Polifax. Uh, I love this mystery series, uh, it, it is uh, so in the spirit of Four Center about an, uh, an older woman who's already lived a quite full life and then just decides, you know what I need in my life? I want to work for the CIA. And the adventure continues from there. So if that sounds interesting to you, you can download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash four center. One more time, that's audibletrial.com slash center for a free audio book. That is the uh, the Audible.
5: The Audible, the recommendation. We're also uh, having our uh, ask, ask segment focus on... Uh A Patreon page, but also a plug. Uh, We can uh, tell you about that. Uh, If you support on Patreon, any level, you are going to be in the audience for a live, life-ranked taping on Friday, September 8th at 2 p.m. Pacific. Uh, Unlisted link. We'll hang out there and we're going to cover a big one. Our top five desserts, our lists are ready to go. Uh, we're going to release this episode later to the public, but you can be there, interact with us as we record it. And this is uh, part of the perks of supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash force center, uh, which uh, is just, uh, we appreciate everyone who's been on this adventure uh, from the beginning to now. Jumped on, jumped off. We're glad you're here and we thank you for your support. But if you'd like to consider supporting, go to patreon.com slash force center. There you go. Joseph, we got some big questions today.
3: We do. I'm very excited uh, for the, the Patreon. I'm, I'm, up, I'm up to three desserts, and I got, I got two I still need me some decisions mm. on. Uh, so perfect. I'll have to do some just exploration this week to figure out uh, what makes the spot. But for now, we're going to go to those questions. Uh, we have a ton of great questions uh, from patrons on Patreon. If you want to ask a question, just go to the post page and uh, scroll down until you see a picture of Ken looking happy at fish. Uh, cooked fish <laughs> and uh, we're excited to get to all these questions but the first one we have today is from Paul Murphy uh, and Paul says my son is called Joshua because of the Joshua tree. Have you named any kids or pets after bands albums, musicians, songs, etc um, Ken is this is this the question that you have a short answer to? <laughs> <Do> you- <laughs> no. No, this is the one you have along, uh, which just makes me want to ask. Like, obviously, Jennifer has children. Uh, Ken and I do not. Uh, but, Ken, have you ever had an opportunity to name someone else's kids?
5: Have you? <laughs> I've tried. I've tried. Uh, but even then, no, no, no. None of it ever serious. Uh, yeah, uh, including pets. Uh, all uh, their inherited names. Uh, we have Baxter and Francis. Uh, uh, I had no choices in that. Before that, Ratsey, which was actually Adelaide, which was named after a character. But, uh, you know, that happened uh, decades before I met Grace. So, uh, And every other animal in the past, I was a kid, so it's like, we had a black poodle, like a really uh, like jet black poodle. So I named it Inky because it looked like ink. <laughs> I was seven. Like, that, that's always <laughs> uh,
3: Inky, Inky. Uh, that's really really I great. Love that. So uh, Jennifer, since you you have actual uh, children, uh, what what uh, how do you relate to this question? Was there a consideration of uh, bands, albums, uh, music?
6: You know, I did toy with. Scarlet, because of Scarlet Begonias by the Grateful Dead. Um, mm. But then I was like, th- 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 I think of Scarlet Johansson, so it just yeah. didn't quite, or Scarlet Fever. And so it's mm. like, no, yeah. even sh- like Sugar Magnolia is another of their songs. Uh, so I thought Magnolia. I liked the name Maggie. I think that's mm. a really cute name. My husband was like, no. So, no, I ended up naming one of my kids after a Star Wars character. Uh, both of my pets are named after Star Wars characters. We have an outdoor cat that's been named after a video game, Zelda. Hmm. So yeah, it's kind of interesting. I feel like music was such an important part of my life when I was younger that Hmm. everything was named after that, you know, like random things. I would just name it after a song or or a band. Um, But Hmm. now my life is podcasts. So (laughs) Uh, uh, (laughs) things have changed.
5: this (laughs) uh, This is my daughter, Rode Microphone. <laughs> right, right. This mother daughter
6: keep it, yeah. one of my favorite podcasts. Uh this is
3: Martinus. my son, my favorite murder. Oh no, that's not.
6: <laughs> no, no, no. Right, right. So, very different time now.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um for me, uh, I I don't have uh, any children. I think I would consider Dean uh for mm. for a son, mm. eh, partially in, inspired by by dean martin uh but also just uh, i think dean scrimshaw you know mm-hmm. it's got a it's got a nice ring to it uh, although the thing with dean is that it always sounds like they are uh, in charge of something at a
7: college yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: um <laughs> when i was in college there was a there was a <laughs> actual dean martin so that's why like we need to run this by dean martin like okay cool great um uh, I know I've told this story before on, uh, on four Center, so apologies for those of you who have heard it before. Uh, but my beloved Chihuahua that I had uh, growing up was named Nico. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that uh, was a, a mix of at the time. Uh, my mother was extremely obsessed with the uh, soap opera, all my children. And she liked the character Nico. Uh, my brother and I were really into the, 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 seminal uh cult uh not even cult anymore uh the very important rock album velvet underground and nico and right so we're like sure sure we'll we'll pr- go along with mom's fantasy that this is about the soap opera character <laughs> but we know that nico is named after the singer which you know in those days we knew nothing about the the singer it was just we like that album we like that name but uh the story that goes along with this is i really pushed hard to have uh, my beloved Chihuahua named Axel uh, after Axel Rose. Uh, But my mother laid down the rule that I've I've used in in comedy bits that you have to test all names by yelling them
7: (laughs) and find out what it might
3: sound like if you yell it. And she was like, I'm not, every every night when, when we take the dog out at 10.30, I'm not having the whole neighborhood think I'm yelling asshole again yeah. and again.
7: <laughs> right. <laughs> asshole, get in here. Asshole, it's cold outside. Oh, asshole. my God. Get in here, asshole. That's what man. did you do, asshole?
5: <laughs> Love that. Love that. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So I'm obsessed with that. I did a, uh, I I wrote a uh, uh, pilot that I tried to sell and there was a Chihuahua character and I I named the character Axel to, to heal the wound. Uh, Mm -hmm. So at some point uh, in real life or in a fantasy made up thing, I will have a Chihuahua named Axel. Uh, One day, one day. Love
5: that. I yeah, I, I feel I, I know my answer for it, but I just—it's uh, a great question, Paul and and, and Joshua, because Josh, Joshua Tree, both the tree and the album. Yeah, you, you know you you do mm-hmm. two, two things if you want. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I just uh, I I can never choose one. I don't know. I, yeah. You know, do I mean, you do you have stories?
3: Um, and then we'll move on from this question. But I'm curious: uh, Do either of you have stories of where your actual name came from? Ken, do you have like a, a family history of why you're Ken?
5: I think my mom just liked it She wanted to My name was supposed to be Sasha Uh, Hmm. She was um, You know Really interested in my 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 dad's heritage uh, The Ukrainian circassian Kind of just overall Russian in a general sense Which isn't accurate But which is how it was raised As I've talked about before So there was a lot of that And my sister was going to be Katya And um, Funny thing about America In the 50s um, They didn't uh, (laughs) Treat treat immigrants (laughs) well
7: Uh, Fortunately that
5: that changed all uh, right um, so my dad coming over in 51 in the height of you know the red scare being a little quote russian kid uh, was uh, badly uh, um, you know attacked harassed beaten abused all those kind of things at school so he had uh, his first language uh, language was russian he didn't, no longer speaks it like it just kind of got beat beat out of him and nice. refused this is uh, you know mid 70s um, still fresh in his mind and and he he refused uh, it, it don't i don't want that happening to my kids um i think it would have been okay times changed enough cold war ended right we're all good so uh i'm glad my day uh, no, no disrespect to any sasha's i know many sasha's uh ken kenneth is, is is something i'm happy with but uh, yeah that's the story how i got to that but could have been somewhere. interesting
3: yeah, yeah. Mm. how about you jennifer is there a story for your name
6: my aunt died the month before I was mm. going to be born. So my mom says the story varies. Sometimes it's, I've been named after my aunt Jenny, but then sometimes she's like, Oh, there was a very famous actress from this, <laughs> from that time period that she really liked. And, and quite frankly, everyone from my generation was named Jennifer. Everywhere I go, I hate, I hate my name. I have no connection to it. I have toyed with changing it for a period of time. A manager wanted me to change my name to something more quote unquote ethnically ambiguous. (sighs) Um, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I I get that with
3: uh, Landa, but that's ridiculous with Jennifer. (laughs)
6: <laughs> yeah, he was like, Let, let's, well, he wanted, he wanted, I'm sorry, he wanted me to have something sound, quote, more ethnic. That's what
3: he wanted. Oh, he wanted, uh, he wanted, he wanted you to lean into the stereotypes.
6: <laughs> yes, exactly. Right. Because Jennifer is too boring, which I agree. Jennifer is boring. And actually just the other night I was like, what if I if I did change my name
7: like, well,
6: <laughs> nobody remembers my name they call me Jessica they call me Julia like nobody because Jennifer is so common and boring I don't like
5: it, it, it uh, that, from that period a period of time right I have a cousin yes name that yeah yeah absolutely yeah Zero. So uh, many yeah.
3: look if sometime we're doing the intro to other center and, and like I'm Ken I'm Joseph and you're suddenly like and I'm touch of gray we'll be like okay yeah. that's fine we, we and I'm Sophia.
6: This. <laughs> Sophia Landa. That's what he wanted me to be called Sophia. Because he's like, oh, you could be Italian yeah. or you could be Mexican. They won't know. The casting oh, people won't know. Oh, yeah.
3: They oh, yeah. would. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. I uh, yeah. I, I, I like Joseph and uh, um, my brother is, is Joshua, not after Joshua Tree. And I mm-hmm. think they probably just like J names. But then when I, I remember asking as a kid, and my uh, great grandmother's name was Josephine. But then I was. My parents also told me, like, but also you were you were born at St. Joseph Hospital, and the doctor who delivered you was named Joseph. Wow! Oh, at wow. the time, I thought, like, oh, that's cool. But now, <laughs> now it almost just feels like you just you couldn't think of anything else. It's like, <laughs> if, if the doctor's name was Lamp, would my name be Lamp? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
5: man in canoe. Yeah. Wayne's World too much. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah,
3: it was a shock to to learn about the uh, biblical history of of Joseph. Anyway, uh, um, yeah,
6: or his Technicolor dream code.
3: Oh, <laughs> nah, yeah, yes, definitely, definitely heard some of that in my life, but I'm sure, I'm sure. yeah. Yeah. All right. We uh, thank you, Paul, for the great names question. We're going to move on to a question from Lou Stout. Uh, and this one this is a great question from Lou, so I included it. But we are probably kind of riding on, on the razor's edge of, you know, what what uh, uh, of what is being talked about is is made by an independent company and what might be made by company making struck work. So uh, Mm -hmm. we acknowledge that we're on the razor's edge here of what we're trying to do, but it was a great question from Lou that I think we're all passionate about. So I wanted to include it. Uh, Lou said, "Uh, I love a good docu series. The last dance, the G word and the challenger one are some of my favorites. What are some of your favorite documentaries and or what topic or person would you like to see a deep dive documentary on or about? Uh, Ken, your middle name has been documentary lately. Yeah. You've really oh, been yeah. enjoying them. So so let's start with you.
5: Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're right. I, I had to stop. And, and some of them have been talked about a lot by me uh, lately. And, and and I'm definitely in, in my Ken Burns face. I just saw someone tweet like I've reached the uh, middle age. I watched nothing but Ken Burns docs portion of my life. And <laughs> I had already I'd already watched uh, And baseball came out in 1994. And I'm actually rewatching Ken Burns baseball right now just to have on in the background. I own it on Blu-ray all 10 innings. I, I also bought it on Amazon Prime, so I don't have to go find the blu ray and I'm just sitting there. Staring at it. um, it's comfort, but it's also great. It's it's not just the story of baseball. It's the story of America from almost the beginning, but it, it really 1860s to, to 1990, and, it, and it's not a, always a great story, and the doc is very – honest about that and that's why i like it it's also uh heartwarming and, and heartbreaking and, and and it's not just a story about a sport so there's that and uh, i was moved by the vietnam duck um the ken burns vietnam uh but there i just chose they're all i think they're all music oh god they are wow oh god i got to uh, i i i i'm obsessed with history of the uh, of the eagles and i'm not an eagles fan mm. i'm not I'm really not. I mean, I, I I like I'm a greatest hits fan. Like, sure, I know the lyrics to take it easy as well. Uh, Winslow, Arizona. Got it. But it's just one of the ultimate stories of 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 humans who work with each other and love each other and care about each other and then hate each other and then fight each other and try to find peace. And find peace and lose it. it. It's 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 a fascinating human story in one of the great rock bands of our time, and it's a, I think it's a big two parter. Uh, Mark Ellis and I always joke it's our comfort doc on the road. We'll just put that on. We, we were in La Jolla uh, last year uh, with Jed Sturger, and this. Uh, uh, Airbnb, and uh, she's just—it was like two AM, and Mark and I are like having uh, chicken sandwiches, watching the history of the Eagles doc for like the fifth time. She's like, "This is not the thought, the road life I thought." I <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's like, "I'm going to bed." And we're like, "All right, Don Felder's coming on." Um, <laughs> there's that, um, but I'll roll through them quickly so we don't turn into deep episode. I highly recommend if any no one has seen Edgar Wright's The Sparks Brothers doc um sparks are a long running uh very strong going strong right now band two brothers ron and russell male and i i I same thing not super familiar with their music growing up knew of them uh but they're highly influential but they're also highly uh tragic in the fact that they so close to success but others succeeded and not them and it nearly broke them and it's a doc that left me crying at one point sobbing pretty hard for them as they w- went to a low point and fought their way out of it and Truly about artistic integrity. And it's also a a very unique doc. Uh, Very funny. Highly recommend that. I've talked a lot about the 1971, the year the music changed everything doc. Um, David Bowie, the last five years is a great doc. Very inspiring, Mm. very insightful. Joseph, you and I talk often of uh, our our love and appreciation of Lady Gaga. That really began for me when I finally sat down and watched Gaga five foot two, which is uh, a fantastic doc covering most of 2016 up to their Super Bowl performance. But there's a sequence in it in which, the meat dressed lady, right. Walks mm-hmm. out and they do a super cut of her walking out of like hotels or apartments and events to the fans and what they want from her, what they take from her, what she gives them. And then it's intercut with present day and all the screaming, the shouting, the da, and she gets into the car and the car door slams in their silence. And she sure. just, she just breathes. And I, that that got me. I, I understood who this artist was and what it means to be an artist at that level. And uh, it's a stunning, I think, a stunning little uh, intimate portrait, as they might say. Uh, and then the final one, an all-time great. I don't want it to be overlooked because there's some great ones that have come out since. But the Beatles anthology aired on TV mm-hmm. as a giant event in 1995. Um, you know, um, the story of that band has been told over and over and over <coughs> again. And I really enjoy what Peter Jackson did recently with them. Uh, I thought that was wonderful but uh there's just so, there's something powerful about the three at the time surviving beatles come together to tell their story and put some new, new music out there and it's always one of my favorites so there you go Lou I'll stop there
3: <laughs> it is a great list I just recently watched uh Gaga 5 Foot uh, 2 and uh, I love the speakers you're talking about and and with the uh the added power that what she's <laughs> doing during the documentary is I I don't want to have as much of the artifice, as much of the theater. I want to pull it back and be myself a little bit more, and literally have you know, uh, uh, not masks, not makeup. This is me, and will will my fans accept me? Um, and hey, Lady Gaga's uh, she's got she's got a little bit more uh, going on than our than our little podcast. But it was like, hey, we just had to do that.
7: <laughs>
3: uh, will you like us? We used to like us if we take off the meat dress of Star Wars for a little while and just be ourselves.
7: Uh, and
3: thank you, everyone who is who is being here uh, with us uh, and for us. Uh, Jennifer, what what are uh, documentaries uh, that you like? Um, and then we'll, we'll talk also about the other part of Lou's question of what we do want documentaries about that maybe don't exist yet. But for now, what are your faves?
6: Uh, you know what I really feel like I used to watch a lot of true crime documentaries um and not even so much documentaries but more so like the reality show so like first 48 uh remember that show the first 48 i don't know if it's still on um or like the cold case kind of files and then i kind of went to like more salacious docu series so like each hollywood story vh1's behind the music i used to love those shows Mm. and Mm -hmm. i i really think that music documentaries and sports documentaries are the most interesting because they either end in triumph or in like death Mm. it's such extremes and another doggy series i really liked was hard knocks about the Mm -hmm. nfl training camp Uh this is just like so it's so it's such a different world um than i'm used to or even know about it's like wow is, is that what they do it's also why the last dance as you as you mentioned lou is uh is was really really good although i still need to finish it um but yeah, those are my favorites, which are not really documentaries; they're like reality TV. Hold on, wait a <laughs> <laughs> no, no,
3: no. Yeah, but there's there's a bleeding there of yeah, yeah. Which right. is it? Um, right. Yeah, a few for me. I think it's an old old classic uh, nature show, I guess, but documentary. But uh, but Planet Earth, and, you know. Oh yeah. Beautiful, powerful. Um, I I will always remember the first time I saw. Uh, it, I believe it's the first season that, you know, I think it's maybe around the sixth or seventh episodes. If you're watching them, you've been lulled into like, uh, yes, it's the researchers and scientists who, who have discovered all this over, over years and making new discoveries, but you're just, you're just listening to Attenborough who somehow magically this voice knows everything about the natural world and uh, everything is in order and makes sense. Mm -hmm. And then there's the episode with the zombie ants (laughs) and the, in the groups of monkeys that every once in a while just go cross the way and violently murder one another (laughs) and attenborough goes we have no idea why they do that (laughs) and it was the most haunting terrifying thing it's like attenborough suddenly saying there is no god we're all making it up you're like ah
1: (laughs) (laughs) how can he not know
3: something uh so those are those are beautiful and insightful and i think have great implicit messages uh, or explicit messages about the environment and climate and all that um a couple other for me, um, my my wife is a big fan of the Bee Gees and I had a lot of various yeah. uh, negative associations growing up with them and that I learned where those came from mm-hmm. by watching this uh, documentary that it was um, that a lot of the stuff that I grew up with was frankly uh, sexist, homophobic uh, pushback mm-hmm. on music that it was truly alive and truly celebrated and, and being used in, in different cultures. And some of that pushback was like, is always, Hey, anybody can just not like the music of the Bee Gees. That's fine. Yeah. But that this sudden, sudden attack on, on disco had a lot of um, ugliness to it, but that's also that that's one of those great music docs. That's, that's about a band, but the it's, it's specifically the most recent one, because they've had a couple of uh, Bee Gees. How can you mend a broken heart? It is also about, um, surviving as you lose family members, yeah, and yeah, a powerful, powerful,
5: uh, a moving uh, gut punch. Um, yeah, go for it, Ken. No, it's, uh, the, the, the disco sucks thing is, uh, I, I, uh, people need to look into that a lot more, <laughs> uh, a lot more. And there's a famous baseball incident with uh, the Chicago White Sox hosting a uh, blow up, uh, dynamite disco records. And, uh, there's a, there's, I don't know where it is, there's a, Doc that just focuses on that. It could be an ESPN thirty for thirty thing. I don't know. And that highlights- incident, yeah,
3: yeah, that incident is heavily featured in this. Yeah,
5: yes, and it highlights uh, what was fueling that. Um, yep. But it filtered down to us by the time the eighties come about, disco sucks, rap is crap, all that kind of stuff. I'll even say throwing it. Like I was raised to dislike country, but it's like it's it's about not valuing the experiences, and perspectives of people on a, on a very major level.
3: Mm -hmm. no it's it's really powerful and one of those documentaries that did did make me really think about like i have to remember that some things that i've that i have been sort of taught from a very young age i should question where they actually came from because i was too young to investigate Mm -hmm. um why do why why was i told that why was that truth that i accepted you know yeah Yeah, i accepted it because i was four but now i can question (laughs) it you know Uh, yes um Great A uh, couple other, uh, for me, uh, there's a great doc- documentary, two-parter, called Sinatra All or Nothing at All. Um, his daughter, Nancy Sinatra, is one of the producers. Uh, this is one of those, it's about Sinatra, but one of the things that's fascinating about Sinatra, and a lot of people of his age, is it's the story of the 20th century. Mm-hmm. Um, because it is, it's going through uh, what, what was the immigrant experience like? Um, what was it like to be uh, Italian uh, at that time? in Hoboken, then mm-hmm. through the Great Depression, uh, through World War II, through the the sort of the Vegas party years of that generation, to the sudden just out of left field, your culture is, the Beatles are here and you're you, you were a titan and now you're nothing. Bye! Mm-hmm. Nobody likes your music anymore. You know, almost to a month that it happens and it's over. Uh, or is it? And finding a way through all of that. Um, there's so much in it, but for me as a, as a big Sinatra fan and somebody who has read a lot about his work. Um, It's a really great, honest documentary that celebrates what was wonderful and beautiful about him, but it doesn't shy away from some of the challenging parts of, of his life and his personality and his, his career. So I I just thought it was incredibly well balanced. um, If you're curious about him, final one for me is um, a, a short film. I think it's only like 90 ish minutes called the art life. Um, following uh, uh, David Lynch for a little while, and David Lynch uh has this obsession with uh, uh, since he was young, he wanted the art life, and it isn't uh, what that means to him is you absolutely prior prioritize your art and it's sacred and you make time for it no matter what. And mm. and it's going through that philosophy a little bit and just following him through a little chunk of his life, so that's a big one for me, too. Okay. Love that. Uh, So thank you, Lou, for letting us list our favorite documentaries. Uh, But now let's talk about the future. Uh, Jennifer, what's a deep dive documentary that maybe doesn't exist uh, that you'd like to see about a topic or a person?
6: I forgot one. My favorite, favorite, favorite documentary is "The Kid Stays in the Picture." It's about uh, Robert Evans, uh, who is a big movie producer, um, and his marriage to Ali and McGraw and his rise and fall in Hollywood. Oh my gosh, this is so freaking good! I, I love watching that one. Okay, that's my favorite. Um, what you know? What one that I, I'm interested in that I I found out they're actually making a docu series about it at a premium premium TV network um <laughs> is Lisa Frank and I don't know if you guys oh, know who Lisa wow. Frank mm-hmm. is yeah. mm-hmm. right from the 80s and 90s yeah. for her uh prints of like leopard and purples and really vibrant colors and she did stationery and stickers and all sorts of things like folders things like that um but apparently she's a really terrible boss and it kind of sounds like a not nice person which is a huge contrast to like her Mm -hmm. cheery and inspirational um stationery so i actually found on reddit there was the producer of this docuseries was like hey if any of you guys are ex-employees of lisa frank contact me because i'm doing a a series and i'd love to talk to you about it so it's coming i'm really looking forward to it because I, I want to know all the tea. <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> the darkness behind the unicorns. Yeah.
4: That's right. That's right.
3: <laughs> um, Ken, you, you, you are the, 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 uh, the most docu obsessed uh, <laughs> uh, among us. So I'm going to have you, you close. So I will uh, throw, uh, throw out two ideas um, along the same lines of Sinatra, but with a different uh, perspective, I would love a really great, really detailed, um, biography uh, or documentary about sammy davis jr um a lot of the information is out there in his own autobiographies uh multiple and you can find different specials on them but i think they, some of them are kind of surface maybe there's a great detailed deep one i don't know um but he he's i i think um people know trivia about him they know jokes about him if you're our age he he his career survived very successfully into the seventies, but he did a, a few more kind of like novelty songs or songs we'd call schmaltzy. And, and I feel like, um, there's so much that people don't, that, that, a general culture doesn't remember about him, um, as an incredibly powerful, talented, amazing singer, amazing jazz artist, amazing, uh, virtuoso of somebody who made their entire life, um, entertainment and, and love of entertainment and love of, of, making an audience happy, uh, but also just a fascinating life with everything he went through with the ups and downs of, uh, uh, of racism as he lived Mm. through the the 20th century and found great success, but still found great heartbreak. And I think there's so much in his story that would be, we're we're watching it, his story, but we're watching our story as we go through his Mm. life. That's great.
5: Yeah, that'd be great. Mm.
3: Um, so that's a big one. And the other one is a little bit jokey, but I was thinking about a topic that I'm truly interested in. So here's my here's my jokey pitch. Uh, I want a documentary called Touch Grass, the death <laughs> of the public space.
7: <laughs> mm. I love that.
3: Uh, I think Hillary Clinton's been on on about this in in tweets. So she's probably working on a, on a documentary and I'm sure there are things about it. But uh, I, I really don't mean this is the the kids these days, we're all on our phones. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's less about phones. And I think it's more about various corporate influences wanting to make things cheaper, easier, you know, uh,
5: mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. uh hire fewer employees. And so we're losing spaces that used to be more communal. I think it can mm-hmm. be harder to find your neighborhood bar. Mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, all of targets being almost all go self-checkout, you Mm -hmm. lose that little bit of connection. And and I I think, I think there is something happening here, uh, uh, not from smartphones, but from Mm -hmm. corporate greed that is making it. So the sort of little moments where we just had together, Uh, one of the big um, old bowling alleys just shut down recently in LA, right? Like Mm. that kind of stuff, like literally literally spaces that used to be just about people gathering. Mm -hmm. There seems to be fewer of, and, and the, quality and the focus of them is different
5: yeah and that was a great place i used to love going hanging out there great
3: dark, yeah mm-hmm. a
5: real crappy wonderful hamburger
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, i want a crappy wonderful hamburger right now all right all right uh ken documentary Namsuk, what is what what is the future docs you want
5: uh, yeah uh, look i'm gonna sit on uh, sit on a couple of them because i have actually i don't know how i would pull it off but i would there's one i i, I kind of there's a couple I've always talked about. Ah, I'd like to try that. But one kind of focused uh, in uh, about, I'll just say it's a history of, of, of politics and pop culture. I, I just mm. love to delve into that. Um, you know, so I'll pitch to Ken Burns. I'll see what he says. Uh, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's that one. There's a couple set in the, 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 the galaxy far, far away that I, I think we, we we could use about maybe characters mm. that are maligned and actors who play, played them. Um,
6: yeah. But. I'd be-
5: yeah, for me, I'm trying to stick uh, to, to something I know and love, and, and, and the names come up a lot uh, here in other center and has before. But um, you know, uh, being the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy fan that I am, and a Douglas Adams um, fan, and just mm. his fascinating life and history, as short as it was, 49 years of age is when he passed away. I I really would love like a, a, a long form doc, and if it's just one two hour doc, great. But I think it could be two or three episodes. There's so much. I just that book I crowdfunded finally came in. Uh, a couple years uh, uh, ago, I, I, I pledged to it, and, and it's a fascinating look at his uh, like personal effects and letters and notes following his death. And it's just, it's just um, this guy predicted the future in a, in a weird mm-hmm. way, you know, <laughs> just with tech and everything. But there's a sad, sad. A wonderful forward by Stephen Fry, but a sad, sad note of, of, you know, Douglas Adams passed away in 2001 and and Stephen Fry's like, you never got to pinch the screen of your smartphone. You never got to uh, take a FaceTime call. You never got to see all these things that you thought possible when others didn't. And Mm. that's one of the tragedies. And, and just to think of in those terms. Um, So I think it's a fascinating life uh, just as a writer, as an entertainer, as an artist, Um, but looking at the reasons, You know, uh, that he did all that. You know, I grew up thinking Hitchhikers was this funny, uh, funny book. Uh, It was some insightful stuff, but sure, it was funny. It was it was way more insightful than it was intended to be humor. And and, uh, I just love it. I love it. So I think he's got a fascinating. There's a lot of people, myself included, who'd be willing to talk about the influence and legacy
3: on Canada. (laughs) I do not think you'd be alone. That's a great yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Uh, any other, any other picks uh, or uh, no. pitches that uh, I, I want to hear the one, the private ones off air that, uh, Yeah. The, the,
5: yeah. the, the one thing I'll say about docs is I've got a lot of music ones and everything, but I, I, am a sucker for them. I'm a sucker for studying humans and the human condition and what makes us do it. And I don't know. I don't even, I study it, but I don't know the answers. I just, it's, it's, it's part of the fascination with, I have with docs. So like big Lou, you could pitch anything. You could pitch the the history of barbecue sauce, and I'd watch it uh, because there's always a story to tell. It's why I like those sh- shows. You're talking about Jen. I like a lot of the cooking ones. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, the, let's look at uh, you know it's a ha- it's an hour on tacos. Oh, that sounds great. I love tacos. Oh, god, you getting some big issues or real powerful stories? Uh, we all have those stories, and docs bring it out. and that. That's why I'm a sucker for Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's
3: great. Yeah, I think uh, I think we are, tend to be taught that history is a straight line of like a person had an idea mm-hmm. and then they did it and it was great and it's yeah. never that, no. No. <laughs> never that straightforward.
5: Yeah. Love it.
3: All right, uh, that is our big documentary talk. We're do- Nope, we're taking a break and we'll be back with a big question about art. Back in a moment.
5: welcome back to other center cues of the other episode 594 in an ongoing series of our main show that doesn't that number does not affect uh, the other over 600 plus episodes 700 plus episodes <laughs> wow we've been here a bit we've been here and we're still going dare I say even stronger because now we get to talk about other things that uh, what they mean to us and you get to learn a little bit more from ourselves and Joseph this next question might uh, might pull the curtain back even a little bit more
3: I think so. Is this the one, Ken, that you have a short answer to?
5: No, no. The pets was the shortest. Okay, I the mean, pets was the shortest. Okay, I, okay. okay. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even realize I was listing docs. I was just like, oh, oh I've been asked a doc question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Pulled the ripcord on that Mm -hmm. one with the
3: documentary question. Uh, This uh, final question, which is a big one, is kind of an overall question with lots of little mini questions in it. It comes to us from uh, 8984M. Uh, 8984M says, is creatives what drives you creatively? Like when you get an idea, how do you motivate yourself Mm -hmm. to actually execute your idea? How Mm -hmm. do you extract your mind of uh, doubts, extricate, your mind, of doubts and fears to create art. Do you ever feel that there just isn't enough time to create something that you wish to create? I ask this because I feel like I'm walking a career path I don't necessarily want to, but I feel as though the barrier to getting out is too high. Did any of your career skills ever come in handy later in your art making? So there are a lot of great ways to take this. So, um, Jennifer, I'm just going to I'm going to throw it to you for an opening statement. And then maybe (laughs) we can drill down on any more specific questions uh, within this. So Hmm. where do you go? What was your what was your initial reaction to this overall question?
6: Um, yes, I think that career skills can absolutely, whatever they are, can come in handy into your art making, whether it's for me, it was waiting tables, right. And meeting different personalities or when I was at E, I was a producer. So putting together segments, that's now helped me with creating videos. Um, so yes, a hundred percent. That's, that is a wonderful thing to use those, those career skills later in your art. But I also think about like, what type of art are you going to be creating? Is a person, I have a friend who's a painter, And once he starts, he has to paint for hours. Otherwise, he loses his flow. Mm. Whereas his wife, who's a writer, she blocks out 30 minutes of her time or an hour here, hour there, right? And she just literally forces herself to write just for that Mm. certain chunk, right? She's got to get that done. And then for me, I have an hourly calendar and I write down how long I want to work on my video, what that means, how many hours of research, how many of editing, blah 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 blah. So that's kind of—I don't know if that's my opening statement because I have—I have a lot more to say. But
3: <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's, that, that's a great place to start. Um, uh, I, I will uh, join you in, in addressing this that that final part of the question of any creative skills come handy later in in art making. Yeah, I think almost everything you learn from a practical sense, uh, even from the weirdest unrelated to art making job. I think practical or inspiration comes from it so i think you know Mm, mm -hmm. if you have to have career skills or maybe you're in a career that that isn't the perfect match and and you want out eventually that's all understandable but i think there's also like every experience we're having can uh pile into our our art either artistically or practically the one i think about a lot is i realize that my um i don't know if my brain is wired this way or i just got impatient but um I think I, a lot of times I, I think about um, art as like, um, the, I just want to focus on the part that I want to do. And there are all these other parts around it that you have to do. And the, I had that epiphany working at Kinko's because when I worked at Kinko's, now FedEx office, uh, it was very high pressure. You had to turn around things fast, particularly huge orders um, from corporations that used to come in at the time and were were our bread and butter where you make a lot of money and you know executives would come storming in and be like how fast can you, can you get this done and i screwed up a couple times because i just do the math on the uh how long it would take to make the copies because like that's what we're doing is we're making copies uh but the actual process of literally putting the copies in the boxes
7: <laughs>
3: yeah. uh, could take almost as long as making the copies sometimes and i'd realize like oh my brain didn't want to accept the boxes part was part of this (laughs) and that really helped me as a producer thinking about art of like you know when you think of art it's like yes it's i'm at the canvas and i'm you know making strokes like no also you're you're taking reference pictures and you're buying your paints and you're packaging up the canvas to send somewhere and like uh, remembering that it's all part of it that was that was something i learned ken where do you begin with this uh that final question or general overall thought however you'd like to begin
5: uh, the easiest one might be the, the career thing. Yeah, I think, I think your career skills do come in handy in ways you probably don't even know or ways you're very aware of, as, as Jen and Joseph have both uh, explained here. I think, cause that's just who you are. You're, you're a human and you're going to take that into your art and, and how, uh, I don't sometimes don't understand why, why, like my ability to write a liability report in which I can make a mall not responsible for you slipping on a puddle of water. I don't know what that what that helps me in stand up. It was pretty good at it. Sorry. Um, yeah. So, but I, but I, but that's my point is I, I think for me, a lot of it, it's just, you, you do carry it forward and, and how you structure things, how you look at it. I, um, I struggle sometimes with, uh, I'm a little bit of an inspiration creator versus a, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, structured occupational creator. I get up and write every day. I, I don't always do that. I, I easily am pushed off that if I'm tired, annoyed, angry, hungry, you know, like, but then it explodes out of me uh, when I kind of do do that, um, you know, uh, method. What's that? It's named after tomato, right? The, 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 the 20 minutes, you set a 25 minute timer, and you get 25 minutes work done, then you get a five minute break and you do it again. That's actually, I don't do that all the time, but that kind of stuff does help me. Um, mm-hmm. overall though I'll say this I've accidentally chosen artistic integrity I didn't mean to I want <laughs> to be a sellout and a rich success in whatever. <laughs> and that's not been the case but along the way especially where we are now where I, I you know I don't mean to sound super important I'm not but like I really like what I do and I really like what I talk about we talked about earlier this week Of, but sometimes it can be a comfort and I, I need or, or the or it's too adventurous and I've changed and I got to make sure um, I am entertaining and, and keeping my audience engaged but uh yeah, I I just feel I'm in a better spot with knowing what I want to say because that's what my art is. It's how I communicate with the world. I don't know how otherwise. I really don't know how. I'm a boring conversation if there's no microphones there. So I I <laughs> how do I, you know, how do I marry all that? But but um there's some other stuff to talk about, but I found myself going, you know what? I'm just going to be one of those artists that influenced a lot of other people and sat quietly <laughs> in his corner. I guess that's what I <laughs> I don't mean that negatively. I just mean like that's that's where we're at. Yeah, yeah. I think, um,
3: yeah, I think uh, uh, th- in this question, to me, there's a lot of individual questions that we can we can tackle. Any of the individual questions that that shine to us, but looking looking at the the overall question, I feel like eighty nine eighty four M is wrestling with what I think a lot of people who want to be creative wrestle with that there are uh, external barriers like. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey i need a career their time is limited but then there's also the uh internal barriers about motivation and finding a system that works for you so maybe we could kind of break it down that way talking about getting past external barriers and getting past internal barriers does that make sense
7: Mm. to both of you
5: yeah Yeah,
7: yes okay
3: let's start with uh, um we'll end with the internal because in some ways that's the um, (laughs) yeah more more powerful Mm -hmm. but in terms of the um Jennifer, let's talk about the externals. How do you how do you wrestle with those various? We've we've talked about this a lot on the podcast. Those external barriers of time, defining your goals, feeling like I need to do this for career right now, but what I really want to do artistically is a little over there. How do you wrestle with all of that?
6: I just have to do it because I have to literally force myself because there's a lot of reasons why I don't need to do it or I don't have the time to do it, but I do have the time. So as means either I'm doing it when my kids are, you know, playing video games, if making a video or I'm waking up early or I'm staying up late editing and I, I block out a chunk of time, or now I'm really trying to get into Google spreadsheets and things like that, because I'm not that type of person. Some people are really good at keeping themselves accountable mm-hmm. or all those things or organization. That is not me. So I, I have to try and create a system for myself. Okay. This is one I want to put out this week. So when do I need to film that? How can I maximize my time so that if I have my camera, my lights set up, I can maybe do two or three videos. So that's one day. And then another day is just going to be all editing. So then I I can knock that out. Right. So it's just being so much more intentional. Whereas when I was younger, Mm. I would just kind of go based on my inspiration or, you know, (laughs) right. Right. It's like, you're kind of just led where the wind takes you. And as you get older (laughs) and you have more responsibilities, you, you can't, do that you have to be so much more intentional which goes against kind of the nature of many of us as artists.
3: Mhm. Yeah. I think it's great intentional is such a great word. Right. Um great right word. Yeah. It, it, do, you, do you have more to say about the the external barriers, Jen? No,
6: that's the external. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
3: I I think that that's really great. I'll, I want to hop in there. I I think that um there's a lot of advice that is out there some of it, I think, is people just trying to, to sell things. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the the art guru <laughs> yeah. stuff, I'm, I'm going to mm-hmm. be honest. Mm-hmm. But on social media, I, I yeah. think there's a ton of people who have the greatest intention who are trying to say, here's a system who, that works for me.
7: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: But I think the important thing is figuring out what works for you and not f- falling into this sort of trap of, like, this artist I like recommended – you know, the, the sand clock method of an hour a day, no distraction. Like (laughs) if that works for you, great. If it doesn't break that sand clock against the wall and do what what you need to do. Mm -hmm. And for me, I have tortured myself a lot about, I want to be like, I just want to write a little bit every day. And I just, it, that works for me every once in a while, but I'm much more like the other person Jennifer was talking about of Like I need to disappear into this world. And, um, I need, I need a deadline and I, I don't want it to be a rush or stressful, but like, uh, if I can find a day that like, Oh, my wife needs to work for a 12 hour day uh, is what I'm doing today. And, mm-hmm. and it my entire focus. And that works for me. Other times the 20 minutes a day worked for me. So I think one of the, the biggest things is to take the advice that is useful to you and don't guilt yourself if that advice doesn't work. If you mm-hmm. find it not working, throw it out the window and do follow your gut and whatever works for you to manage the time is, is what's most important. Mm
5: -hmm. Uh, Ken, do you have thoughts on that? I'm writing, I'm writing this all down. Intentional, guilty. Yeah, I mentioned I, I, a friend of mine told me about that method a couple years ago and it was working and then, but it doesn't work for all, all the time. And sometimes, you know, I don't need a tomato clock to tell me what to do. I just need myself to tell me what to do. And, and when some things don't work, you just said, it, don't feel guilty. Don't beat yourself up. When I used to write a lot of screenplays, which was one of the reasons I originally moved to LA, um, I would, fi- I would unlock how to do it, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, oh I, I just needed in, index cards and poster board. Got it. all in, That worked for, for this script and that's how I'm going to do it. And then, then it wouldn't work for the next one because it was a different idea or it's a different headspace or, you know, I just, uh, you know, don't don't be locked into it. But also don't be afraid to embrace the structure of 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 creative uh, mm. suits. And Jen, you're saying great stuff about being intentional. I just, I, I had a pretty good weekend in terms of just like a simple kind of relaxing weekend. But I also uh, made a point to uh get things done, not just creative stuff, but some of that stuff around the house that we all struggle with. This isn't new, like I mm-hmm. said, so, you know, but it's like I needed to fix a little corner that got nicked of a recent paint job in our bathroom. Like and I had the paint sitting out for five days. I was like, <laughs> today we're doing it. And and I think I, I have to apply that creatively. And that's an external barrier where where I just know some of my weaknesses. So if I'm gonna film um I have my little sports card ASMR channel, it it takes Three minutes to set up for that shoot, but man, that is three minutes. It keeps me from doing it. over <laughs> and, over, over mm-hmm. and over. So what I know is if, 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 if today, Sunday, Sunday night, when things quiet down, cause I need things to be quiet, I'm going to, I'm going to record a video or two. I'll wake up Sunday morning and get my camera in position. Mm. And, and then I know when I come back seven hours later, it'll be ready. And it seems yeah. silly and it seems guy, what are you lazy? You're not disciplined. I just know I need that. Some days if I want to be more productive, I have to get up and put sneakers or shoes on if I you know, have my workout gear or just get dressed because if I have shoes on, I feel as though I'm more productive. When those slippers are on, man, I'll just play another round of Fortnite, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, that's
3: like the King Goes Boxing thing to me of like, it's yeah. this thing that doesn't seem like the main thing, uh, so, yeah. but it's the work you need to do to do the work. Uh, a thing that I found on social media, or I saw, I didn't find it, uh, uh, I saw on social media and I really can't, I would love to credit the person, I don't remember where I learned the phrase, but I really like this idea of parking downhill. Uh, which means, you, you're, you're, which is what you're both talking about. You're getting ready to do your work. In In particular for me, something like that of like, when I, especially when I need to start uh, a new script, um, mm-hmm. that it often helps me to just be like, well, the first thing I'm going to do is just pull together all my notes. And then when I get up the next morning, my notes are ready. Or like if you're in the middle of writing, writing a scene uh, or writing a script, start the next scene. Even if it's one line, before you, uh, stop for the day. And mm. then it's easier to start because you're, you're parked downhill. You've already got a little momentum.
5: That's great. Oh, that, mm-hmm. That's tap, good. Tap you yeah. that one on your, uh, on your, on <laughs> your arm or shoulder, park downhill. Yeah. It's
3: a real good one. Okay. So the, the, the external and the internal do bleed a little bit, but let's, let's get into the real internal, uh, which is where this question starts of how do you get past, the the fear and the anxiety, uh, managing all the time and the expectations, all of it how, to, to the heart of this question of wh- when you get an idea, how do you motivate yourself to actually execute your idea and, and make it a reality? Mm-hmm. Uh, Jennifer, what's what's the uh, what's your internal <laughs> journey of getting past that all?
6: This is something I'm actually been really working on because I have what's called unrelenting standards, which is basically perfectionism, which means that I will spend way too long on something that could be done very quickly. And it's I, what I'm realizing is, it just happened the other night. I was working on a video. I'd set, a, set in a certain number of hours that I was gonna work on it for, and that passed. And it was done. It was ready to go. But I kept tinkering with it. You know, oh, let me see if I can add some music. Oh, let me I'm going to smooth out that transition. This is like a 60 second 58, 58 second video. It just <laughs> needs to be posted, right? And and I'm doing that and I'm like, why am I doing that? Oh, it's by me being a perfectionist, by me tinkering around. I am avoiding the feeling of releasing it into the world. Mm. The feeling of potentially being disappointed that nobody's going to watch it. The fear that somebody's going to get angry because I voiced my opinion. And so I feel like that is a constant barrier for me and where my time management skills get really out of whack. It's because I'm like, if it's perfect, if I spend a week on this 58 second video, then it's going to do really well. I'm like, you know, I'm putting on like an armor on myself, but actually it's way worse because you spend like three weeks on a 58 second video. And nobody <laughs> watches it. And you're like, oh, shoot. So it's about time management. It's also enjoying the process. I am making this for myself. I'm not making this for the likes. It's all just like, you just got to put it out there because the people who are successful are not perfect. They are consistent and they show up and they do the work. That's all. That's all that it is. Right. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I'll sometimes see like creators. I'm like, Oh, their videos are so good. Oh, they have. Yeah. Because this is like their 10th year of being a YouTuber. They have professional equipment. Professional camera person because they put in the work in the beginning. So mm. that is a lesson for myself and maybe for some of you out there
4: as well.
3: Yeah, I think that that's such a great um, and honest uh, uh, examination of the, the 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 fear. And I think that's mm-hmm. the biggest thing to me is uh, I, I definitely have some other things I want to talk about with the uh, <laughs> battling the uh, the internal uh, blockages. Mm-hmm. But the biggest thing for me is accepting that doubt and fear are real mm-hmm. and it's sometimes rational of like, you know, if you're making something and you're applying to a festival or 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 whatever, yeah, you might not get in. That's a, it's a, it's an actual concern. Make it as right. good as you can. That's a rational concern, but it's more the irrational that get us of exactly what you're talking about, Jennifer. Of like, but, but maybe if I change the shade of this slightly, <laughs> it will be bulletproof. <laughs> right. Um, And I think accepting that doubt and fear are real and that they will always plague you and the game isn't defeat them and be fearless. It's how do I work with my own fear? How do I make a deal with it Um, and say, yep, I know it's there. Uh, I'm not trying to make you go away, but I, I can't let you stop me from making stuff. Fear. So mm-hmm. how can I make a, a deal with you? And like, sometimes I'll do that for myself of like, there there'll be details that like, I can't move on with the script unless I get the main character's name, right. And I'll sit there being like, I've written one line dialogue and now the name drew feels wrong. And I've spent another three hours of my life Googling baby names from 1972, <laughs> which I've done a thousand bleeping <laughs> times. Right. And, and sometimes just going like Bert, mm-hmm. but <laughs> Bert, <laughs> like, <laughs> but this is my process and i'm gonna i'm gonna let myself do my my process um but also just sometimes just uh, for me just sometimes just letting it be like uh yeah no i'm 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 terrified but i'm writing and that's all that matters it's not about beating it it's about getting past it i think so many artists when we get to see them at their height in their prime um they seem fearless, especially like uh, somebody doing a huge, you know, music concert, changing outfits the, you know, the David Bowie, David Bowie seems fearless. He's not. Mm-hmm. He wasn't. He managed his fear. He accepted it and didn't let it stop him from making things. Mm-hmm. But he had mm-hmm. the fear. Uh, all great artists have the fear. So I think that's the first step is accepting that, it, that it's real and it's probably not going away. It's just about getting past it. Yeah. Kenneth, what do you feel about that?
5: Well, the 1971, the year the music changed everything, Doc, highlights Bowie's struggle to put himself on stage. <laughs> he, <laughs> the person he knew he, he was, he couldn't find a way to translate that to stage in, in 71. Um, yeah, uh, what did you say? Unrelenting standards?
6: Yes. See, I have yeah. I
5: have relenting standards. And I, <laughs> I'm, I'm I need to find, yeah, but it's tied into something bigger. To get into, but I've also dealt, dealt with that. Uh, one of my longtime writing partners, we don't really write anymore with screenplays. I also lost an interest in screenplays over the years. That's a different podcast. But um, he, we'd write. We had one script we worked on for five years, and wow. God bless him, he edited the first act um, for five years where I eventually I was like, we're done. Like, hmm. they're not going to get any better or we need to do something else. And I, I'd get the email. Hey, I was thinking about it. And what if, what if we tried this? And 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 in those ideas aren't wrong, right? That's not a bad process. You need to edit. You need to relook at things. You need to go back and revisit it. But you can see after a while, it was what held him back. Hmm. Yeah. If, if we don't nail the first page of this script, we'll never sell it. True point. Um point taken but also if we never complete the script we'll never sign <laughs> exactly and yes that's a very real thing i, I suffer the other side of, of, of a little shoddy work because of something that's in, in inter interwoven with a, a doubt thing and, and doubt you mentioned Joseph and it's not surprising that an artist would have some doubt. That's kind of the name of the game, but I have something that I'm trying to analyze uh, and maybe I, I should have back to therapy or just do a podcast on it. Of, <laughs> I guess and it's something I, I, I inherited from my father. It's a little bit of a, of a mental curse. I call it, um, this, um, I'm always on the outside looking in. So my dad is a talented, he was a 2D uh, artist. He, he could have gone that career. He didn't marriage, kids, and that kind of traditional life. He wasn't encouraged to go that way. Different conversation. But my dad can build speakers. And he will oh, be like, I, and they're top quality. He gets parts from all around the world. And he's like, I'm going to, he'll announce to me, I'm going to build them and sell them. I'm going to have a little side business. Great dad. One gets sold. He doesn't do it again. He, I'm staring. He has like a uh, iPad and iPhone custom made stands. He was like, I'm going to people love this. And I have one. They're great. He he sold three. And, and there's, it's just kind of this, ah, shucks mentality that I've had. and, yeah, yeah. It goes, it ties to pursuits, you know, and I hope this is helpful to those out there, but like I'll start with I wanted to be a baseball player for a couple of years because, yeah, of course, and I, that wasn't going to happen. I, no one really told me, but I also could have gotten better. I could have practiced. I wasn't taken out to the field by my folks and encouraged uh, uh, to do that. So when I didn't make the baseball team in ninth grade, I remember I hung my head and went, well, yeah, that's what happens. It doesn't work out. And, mm. and that has been put into me a little bit. There was some hardwiring, and, and Joseph, you and I have had off. Uh, offline conversations about mm-hmm. it. I went and pursued the groundlings and I, I was very successful and I went to the training class like everyone else and I got to the very end and, and very uh, now famous people told me I was very good but then some now very famous people told me I wasn't and I mm. went on my shoulders and went you're right it doesn't work out it's not supposed to work out. Um, even, you know, I sometimes get frustrated. I think Force Center is this longstanding influential podcast that influences other people, starts other people's shows, changes how people look at Star Wars. And then you watch other people zoom past us. And, and that's their journey. This is our journey. And it's not Sour Grapes, but I just hang my head and go, yeah, it's not supposed to work out. And I face that a lot. I don't know where it comes from. So that's the big in- internal hurdle. And there's some doubt about it. Is this the right thing to do? But like, I love the podcast thing I'm doing. I love the little scripted comedy thing I did for two years. It lost yeah. views and people did not like it. And I hang my head and I shrug my shoulders and go, well, it's not supposed to work out. And and I'm trying to change that. If I can unlock that, maybe I will be. <laughs> Whatever that level of success is. By the way, that's a weird thing. Is it is it money? Is it fame? What, what's that thing I want? I don't know. I just want to live <laughs> and not feel like I'm never... Uh, invited to the big leagues, and I, mm. yeah. I mean cast in Saturday Night Live. That doesn't mean in a movie. That just means like I always feel like you all go run down the hill, have some fun. I'll be over here, and then you all point at me and go, "That guy was really good. He was really funny." What happened to him? Well, and I just go, "Nothing's supposed to work out." That's what I struggle with. Mm. I
3: I think these are intertwining issues, and I'm yeah. we, I'm more than happy to turn this into a uh, mutual therapy <laughs> <laughs> Uh, because that, that's that's part of what art is. But the, these are, in, to me, these are very intertwining issues. And one I think is uh, very specifically about what 8984M is asking mm-hmm. about. And Jennifer already touched on this, about the importance of identifying why do you want to create art? Because we can mm-hmm. talk about art in this sort of beautiful flowing way, get past your fear, uh, just make a mark, express yourself, right. find your truth. You that stuff to- is Mm -hmm. all true and all absolutely necessary. But I think what is difficult is to be extremely honest with yourself about your goals. Mm -hmm. Do you truly just want to create something beautiful or are, or do you want to make a living? Mm -hmm. Do you want to have friends, family, other people see this? Do you want to have strangers turn to you and go, I see you, or do you just want to have strangers turn to you and go, that was amazing. I see how talented you are. Do you want to like on a real practical level, break into a field? There are only going to be so many extremely successful novelists who like have, you know, books in airports. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a. There's not that many of them. Do you want to be one of them? Is that the goal? I don't, I think we're all very uncomfortable with being honest with ourselves about the goals, because I think there is a lot of societal pressure in both directions. One is, if you're a novelist and I can't find your book in every bookstore, yeah, are you really a novelist? I haven't. Have you done anything I've heard of? You get that pressure of, unless you've made it the biggest big you can be, then you're not really the artist you say you are. Yeah. Right. Then you get the other cultural pressure that I, I, I'm sure you've been exposed to, Jennifer. But but Ken and I have talked about it a lot because it it, it was embedded in, in the way that we were raised of a shame in wanting to be successful.
7: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm, I'm sure I'm sure you've experienced that, that as well. But I think I think a lot of us are trapped in this. You, the the secret truth of we we all encouraged to reach for the highest accomplishment and also be ashamed of it at the same time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think really finding in every creative pursuit you do, and it is not easy to go real honest, no judgment to myself. What do I want? And sometimes I want to just be like, I want to, I want to make, you know, a, a, a little video on YouTube. And if a thousand people watch it and people I like go, that was great. That's what I need today. And other times I'm like, why the hell did I make this unless (laughs) Mm -hmm. I can get it out to the biggest of big leagues possible. Mm. And I think finding a way to, to be honest with yourself about what the goal is helps with the, with the fear and, and the doubt, Um, a lot lot of different uh, um, places and and to to go with that. But I also want to take it back to Ken, uh, um, Mm -hmm. what you were saying. I think that you've got, um, I think you're wrestling with some of those, like, let's define what the, what the goal is, what you want out of it.
5: Right. Mm. Because
3: we've had this conversation in sometimes about four center where you, you will feel like, eh, we, we didn't, uh, this other person got this other thing. Yeah. And then, but then from my perspective, I was like, but I never wanted that thing. Right. Mm. I'm really happy with the sex su- success we have. And I we've had moments where I've asked you kind of like, did you want that? Right. And then you'll be like, Nah, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. it's not actually the goal I wanted for four center, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I feel bad that I didn't have it, and yeah. and I think that's where these kind of issues that are very natural about art, and and, and I think deeper issues which are totally understandable about feeling excluded, yeah, and mm-hmm. feeling easily excluded are, are are dovetailing, in my opinion.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, feeling easily excluded is a big one. Yeah,
3: yeah, and I feel that way too. Of like, I got deep seated rejection issues that I got to be really careful with because they will lead me to very very bad choices mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, if if I if I let them um but then also trying to be honest about like well yeah I, maybe I uh, I'm jealous that somebody else has that but then it's kind of a relief to go but did you actually want that and like no I didn't yeah so why should I care um mm-hmm. which uh, I'm not that way about a lot of things there's uh, I think the hardest thing for me is, I have been extremely lucky to create a lot of things, have the the time and space and in, in support to create things and and to make money off of created, creating things. Uh, but a lot of my life is motivated by, I want to reach a bigger audience. I've had the joy of reaching this level of audience. Now I want to reach a, a, a larger audience because I feel like I deserve it. And, and particularly doing theater, it disappears yeah, <laughs> it, you can have a play or you can have a, a taping of it and it kind of exists but like that's the reason that I really pivoted to doing other things besides theater because it's so ephemeral and it goes away and mm. just having having the um, either the strength or the egomania depending on who you ask to go <laughs> <laughs> I would like to create some things that exist yeah. that lots of people see and they then exist after I die that'd be great I'd like that okay. um yeah. Jennifer, uh, get get back in here with your thoughts on on defining your goals in art.
6: Yeah, I think that that's such a great point with theater because my husband once, what was yeah, I was frustrated about auditioning whatever, and he's like, "Well, you don't have to be a commercial actor. You can do theater. You can you can still act. You can teach acting. Right? Mm-hmm. There's so many different ways, and you really have to ask yourself, like you're saying, specifically, what do I want? Some people have full time jobs and they have. Hobbies, right? (laughs) Where they Mm -hmm. paint or they create music in their spare time. And it really is just because they want to express themselves in that way. For some of us, um, I had this conversation with my friend who's writer. I am an artist through and through. I have to create. I I have to create in order to live my job. All the jobs besides serving that I've had have been creative. And so I'm trying to make my living by being an artist. And the biggest thing that I can see, the biggest through line that I've seen with the successful people that I've encountered, like I've mentioned before, like Forrest Gump, Mm. is they all have, whether they were hosts, whether they were producers, writers, directors, actors, they believe that they deserved to be there. Mm. They believe that they deserved to be heard or in that room, whether it's auditioning. They're not looking for somebody else's approval. It's all coming from themselves. And I think that that's the hardest thing as Mm -hmm. an artist is it's like, Oh, look at my painting or, Oh, look at my video. Do you like it? That makes me feel better. And that makes me want to do more. Mm -hmm. And we really have to separate ourselves from that external validation just kind of what I said before. It's like, it's the process. It's the creative process that needs to be fulfilling enough. And it is about connecting, like you're saying, Joseph with other people. Oh, let's, let's sh- have this shared experience. If you watch this, this movie that I created, right? And, oh, this is a really kind of communal moment for us. Um, but that's where I feel like I get into dangers of like, Oh, I had a callback. Oh, I had a producer session. Oh, they like me. No, they just think that I'm right for this. Role, right? Mm-hmm. And then when I don't get it, oh, they didn't like me. So it's mm-hmm. it's it's so difficult. It's such a mental thing. And if you can tell yourself that you deserve to be there, you deserve um, to be working or successful or whatever it is that you want to be, I think that that will be really helpful.
3: Yeah, yeah, I think the that that's it's so important. And I think it is kind of a, it gets repeated, so it can feel kind of hackneyed, but I true. I, it's true. I think you you have to make things that you want to um mm-hmm. you have to you know with some of the career stuff you know i think you have to accept that there's the show in the business and the the show being the art and in the business there's always going to be weird ugly stuff particularly as you get more successful and i don't mean ugly in terms of being like actually like you know uh, uh victimized, assaulted, I mean just like the ugliness of you've created this beautiful shining little thing that's like I've I've carved out a little sliver of my soul and I've turned it into a script and I'm trying to share it with the world and then you get somebody waltz in and going do I think that uh, soul sliver can make me money or not? (laughs) That's hard. Mm -hmm. That tension between those things is hard but uh, I have a lot of writer friends in LA who have very kindly uh, I think helped me really focus on You control what you control, which is you can control that you make something beautiful that you want to share and that you believe in, Mm -hmm. and then all all you can do to to get it shared more widely is try and try and try and try, and And, but you can't control who says yes or no, Um, and and that's a hard truth, Uh, but Mm -hmm. I think it's an an important one, and I think it's the one that sometimes our narratives of success become so and so was born and they were destined, like no they weren't, no they weren't, they worked hard and they got lucky. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're beautiful and they're an amazing soul, but a lot of us are. Mm -hmm. And you, you work hard and you get lucky and you, you take your shots and you don't hide yourself. Be bold, put it out there. That's what you can control. Yeah, Uh, Ken, what what are your thoughts?
5: I think you're you're all, uh, you're all right. And uh, I'm going to run away. Um, No, um, (laughs) No, no, it's funny, the, 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 uh, separate yourself from external validation, um, which by the way, external validation is pretty damn cool. And feels yeah, great. Yeah, 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 right. yeah, um I was just my a friend of mine teaches uh, stand-up. He's been off and on with me for years it's not what you would define as a successful comic, which he had to come to terms with, right? And again, ask what you want out of out of it. It's a big thing. And, and Joseph's very right. There's a lot of moments of like, we didn't get invited to that event. Joseph's like, Do you do you want to go to that event? No. <laughs> you <not. laughs> why, why did we not get invited? Um mm-hmm. and that's and, and a and that comes from I didn't make the baseball team. You know, my mom yeah. said that moment, she goes, I watched you look at that name. You look for your name and I watched you not get it. And I watched you walk away, crushed. And I'm like, great. Did you do anything to help that? Because <laughs> that's another, another podcast. Um, And it that, that feeling repeats over and over. So separating from that external validation and knowing, all right, I didn't make this team. I didn't make my ninth grade team. What can I do to make the 10th grade team? That's the healthier approach. It's not easy. It, it sounds like bumper sticker thing, but that's just as simple as that. And, and my friend Craig was – he just had an Instagram video up of, of, of one of his changes as a comedian was knowing that he, he can only do – he can only control so much as, as a comic – and, mm-hmm. and you don't want to blame the audience, but the audience is, they're humans with their own perspectives and wants and desires. <laughs> and you have to separate yourself from external validation. And that's my friend Craig sitting in a coffee shop in Northridge talking about it. Two days later, I'm watching a relatively recent interview with Mark Maron, one of my favorite comics, and, and Annie Letterman, and it's her show. And mm. Mark Maron, a, a, a modern day legend for me in stand-up, was talking about he only recently found how to do that wow and how you know he said there was one night in the main room of the comedy store he just knew the audience was only going to go so far not just with him but with every comic there and and because normally my young i would get angry and i'd be upset and i'd drive away just pissed because that night i didn't i just drove away because i knew it wasn't me and mm. it was also not them finger pointing them it was just like that's the way it was that night but i know what i want to do and i know what i want to do up there and that's just in comedy, but I think I'm trying to apply because I'm getting better at that spot where I'll go do a set and and, and Mark will text me, how'd your set go? And I'm like, you know what? I didn't get a ton of laughs, but I did everything I wanted to do on stage. (laughs) (laughs) And when Uh I walked back to the green room, the other comics went, hey man, great set. And that's external validation. But the validation really was I did what I planned to do tonight and I wasn't knocked off course by feeling I didn't belong or that no one liked me. And if I can find those moments, I want to try to build on them. That's where I'm at.
7: I
3: think It's really great. Yeah, it's really great. And, and uh, you know, it, it, and it's a difficult balance because I think, yeah, by creating art, particularly anything that demands a response, like people have to watch your video or laugh at your jokes <laughs> at some point yeah. for to be successful. But for you to be coming from a place of why am I doing this? Why? You know, are, if your goal is just to get laughs, then it's going to be harder for you to find something truthful which in the end will make it harder for you to get laughs. Yeah. I think and, it's that interesting circle, you know?
5: Yeah. And to make it as, as real, uh, but not as specific as possible to keep names out. But I, I, 2021, I launched a YouTube channel with some good friends and, and still love them to death, but I had gone through a switch and the world was changing drastically. And I, I wanted to do it. So I, I sat down and did long form interviews that address social issues and personal battles. And I I, I, I wanted to do that. It wasn't like I, I wanted to do quote important work. I was like, this is where I'm at in my career and on our own channel which wasn't a highly viewed channel i had the least views of anyone no one was watching none of our regulars were in inter- you know some were there i want to make sure i'm saying there uh, saying that but and 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 my other friend was was doing the show and just doing you know uh, racially insensitive jokes and and fart jokes and dad jokes and everyone was watching him and not me and and, and it's hard not to not it's hard number 1 not to be angry at him It's hard not to be angry at the audience. And I have to remind myself to show up for the audience that's there for you. Show up for the people that show up for you is a big thing for me. And Mm -hmm. that's where the external validation, because I guess I had to stop my show. No one was watching it. And that's just the reality of the business. But it was hard not to take that personally, where I think now, two years later, I'm trying to unpack that and not take it personally. It wasn't like I wasn't invited. I wasn't easily excluded. I just was doing what I wanted to do. And shouldn't that have been the success? And that's where I'm trying to move forward with it. You guys are helping me. Yeah, uh-huh. and,
3: I think, and I think this is where he gets into being bold and, and taking your chances and, and taking your lumps of that one experience of that channel with what those people were expecting with the competition at, at that, that time and the YouTube space. All those other factors help mm-hmm. determine the reaction to that. And if you yeah. were like, that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. and you kept trying it and kept approaching it i think sometimes we find that we think people didn't like the heart of what we were trying to do or say but it really was about the time and the place and the how you reach people and you know the 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 business of it uh and because art when it when it's you know truthful is a little sliver of our souls we're so sensitive about it yeah. and it's yeah. so hard to just be like eh, it, and maybe they hated this sliver of my soul. Yeah. But maybe I just didn't reach you know, the right audience at the right time with this sliver of my soul. And it's not about the art, it's about the moment. So I need to try again.
5: Yeah. And then sometimes you look at it and you go, you know what? I had relenting standards. And I should have <laughs> yeah. unrelenting standards and done something more, <laughs> formatted yeah. it better, got different ga- <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And then that's what that's what the circle is complete. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, this, okay, sorry. No, no, I just,
6: I was thinking about, um, a, a friend and, uh, I, well, I won't, I won't go into sp- specifics, but basically on a, such a smaller scale, I'm like, oh, is this video going to work? But when you get to the big time and you're working with movie studios and you are directing and producing huge multi-million dollar properties, right? And you sp- dedicate like three, four, five years of your life to make this movie. And then if it doesn't resonate with audiences, if for whatever reason, right, maybe it's the competition at the box office, maybe it's the, who knows why something may not resonate, or why something is a hit. I mean, I just can't imagine spending five years of my life, moving my family, doing all this stuff, and then having the movie bomb Mm -hmm. that and then you're dealing with the studio that is like you have to be able to bounce back from that i'm not at that level i can't imagine that so anytime i start freaking out with my little video i'm like oh (laughs) (laughs) i don't have to worry about that stuff this is the free this is the freedom that i have as a smaller creator is trying new things and the words of kobe bryant it's not about failing winning or losing it's about learning what am i going to learn from this if it did really well, oh, what can I, why can I figure out why it did so well? Or if it didn't do well, what, what is it about the format or maybe the pacing was off? How can I learn from my, you know, my wins and my losses, so to speak?
3: Mm-hmm. I think that's great. And I think that, that that's such a great distinction that you make, because I think at, at a certain level of, of uh, fame and, and pressure and spotlight, Yep. Yeah, a stumble can, can hurt you. Um, mm-hmm. A, a, stu- a huge director, director, you know, has a stumble. They can often recover from that. Um, as we know, some, some uh, men are allowed more stumbles. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's all sorts of stuff going on there. But I think for a lot of us, I love what you're saying, Jennifer at, uh, you know, particularly if you're at a point where just like, I want to try, I want to get my voice out there. I want to express myself and see how it goes. Some of the other great advice I've gotten is like, it is both heartening and very encouraging. No one's paying attention, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. which means if you don't spend a bunch of time broadcasting them, no one knows about your failures. <laughs> the whole the whole point is if I there's there's such fear and shame in the thought of like, what if I make what if I make a, a, a short film for YouTube that I am really put a lot of work in and I'm proud in, and then 500 people watch it? Mm-hmm. Well, what shame, like, there'd be no shame because nobody watched it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nobody knows, right. you know? Yeah. Right. Um, even with, like, I, 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 I assume that people kind of intrinsically know because it's life of how brutal film festival competitions are. Mm-hmm. Um, that This one I made with, with uh, Phil Amar, I just made whatever I wanted to make and I knew, like, ooh, this is going to be hard it doesn't fit in mm. easily. It's mm. hard to program. I, I went with the artistic experiment of like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put any label on it. I'm just gonna put it out there. And as soon as I finished it, it was like, that felt great. And oh no, you have hosed yourself for film festivals. Mm. And I get I have gotten a pile of rejections. Um, but then I've got a, a a couple of really, really great like this match, this festival, and they loved it and they celebrated that one. I went to Portland and mm. a couple of four center listeners came and I talked all about the success of getting into that one festival. Um, and that's what matters. That's what people hear. People know. I, I'm sure if people stop to think about it, which they're not, even people who love me and support me aren't like, it's Tuesday. I need lunch. And I'm wondering if Joseph's film has been accepted in festivals. Like, Thank you for your support. I love you. That's not the way we think about each other. It isn't, Right. Right. Jennifer, when your video scrolls along, I'm like, oh, Jennifer is telling me about Cabbage Patch people, mm-hmm. kids eating people. I don't look at the numbers. Yeah, yeah. Right. I don't wonder, do you have one that failed? You know, <laughs> right. and you're a coworker and a good friend. It, that's not, nobody's out there unless you're huge, huge, huge. Nobody's out there with a scorecard. And mm-hmm. that both setting and relieving because it takes the pressure off. Of, exactly. People will see you when you have a breakout success. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And people will give you grace to know that we're all trying, and some things aren't going to hit.
7: Hmm.
3: Yeah. Yes. Yep. Well said. Yeah. All right. Well, show. Uh, I think we've answered most of the questions and some other ones. <laughs> 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 we had a, uh, a general therapy session. Uh, should we? Should we have our our closing statements on this question?
5: Uh, here I'll uh, taking it back to the questions. It's 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 ongoing, and you'll never really unlock um the answer. You'll unlock part of the answer. 8984m uh, eight, eight, uh that's what it is and it's and I've changed a lot and changed my approach and I know where I need to improve and I know what I want to do but I also want to try new things and it's 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 ongoing and the lessons never end uh you can only try to be the better version of yourself the next day both in art and life
3: is what the yeah. goal is absolutely great uh i'll share mine so we can wrap up with jennifer um we, we went lots of places but i want to be sure to to address 89 84 m's question here are a couple of things that helped me pass push past the 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 doubt and the fear and the practical uh one is just a date or a deadline i can't shift the earliest you know art, artistic stuff i did was theater shows and i you book them and then the show wouldn't exist, <laughs> but you'd have to do it. Um, I think finding ways to put put a, a a backstop on yourself so you have to do the art can be helpful. Mm-hmm. I think um, finding ways to enjoy the adventure. Sometimes when I'm I'm getting scared to start, uh, I think about art is diving off a cliff and figuring out how you're going to land. Mm-hmm. And the diving off a cliff is is scary, but it's also fun because it's just so freeing of like. I can put any damn thing I want on this paper or this canvas. Mm-hmm. I'm just throwing myself off into it and finding finding ways to enjoy that freedom and make it fun to help you push past the scary thing. Mm-hmm. Um final thing for me, I think I've talked about it on on other center but it's but it's a, a a big thing for me having gone through some um you know, uh, hard mortality times with my father-in-law passing away. Um my father is a brilliant, uh, artist, a visual artist. Um, and, and he is much like you can, he is, he has unpacked and is very aware of, um, how much people told him you should only do something if you can be the best. And, and he was packed with that. Like, well, why there are other people who are better than me, so I shouldn't do this right. because they're better, you know? And that that is wrong in so, so many ways because, you know, everybody's an individual. Anyway, the, the point that I'm getting to is we get, we can all experience shame at wanting to find success. Shame and doubt at, I want a spotlight put on me in this sliver of my soul. And I, I think this sliver of my soul that is art is worth other people looking at. What hubris. And I think the way past that is thinking about art not just as as something you create for yourself, which I think is true, but thinking about art as a gift you give to other people. Mm. Think of the artists you love and think of how much your life would be negatively affected if Prince decided, nobody needs to hear what I have to say. Mm -hmm. Think about even on a smaller scale of, of someone you love who played with maybe writing a poem and didn't do it and they're gone now. What a gift that poem would be to just a few people. Art is a gift that you give to other people.
7: Hmm. Absolutely.
6: Well, it should Ever. have ended on you.
3: <laughs>
7: <laughs> Shoot,
6: that's so good. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. This is, yes. If, if you want to have the life of an artist, the biggest trap that i have seen throughout my life was i was told i was talented and that means like you know people would say oh you have a god-given talent so then when i wasn't naturally good at something i just wouldn't do it
7: Mm -hmm. and
6: it's such a and it's you can look at other people and other artists oh well they're they're just talented they just naturally have that gift of drawing or whatever it is but most of the time no matter how talented you are if you do not Work incredibly hard and actually just do the work. Nothing will come of it, right? I mean, it could be a great a great hobby that you enjoy, but if you want to make it your living, that's that's a whole other thing. It requires a tremendous amount of hard work, and maybe it's something new that you're trying. So you you might need to take a class. But once you take that class, it's going to be time for you to jump off that diving board and into the water and just do it. And you're going to make mistakes. But that's how you're going to learn and that's how you're going to grow. And you're going to be doing the thing that you've been thinking about and wanted to do because so many people are so scared to do it. Um, I have conversations with family and friends all the time who are like, oh, you're so lucky you get to do that. I'm like, no, this is really freaking hard. <laughs> but they have regret because they never tried. And now they're trying to figure out how they can try too. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the wonderful thing about the time that we live in is that there's so many more opportunities. We have cameras on our phones, can you imagine? <laughs> right, we have so much technology that Photoshop and editing equipment, all these things at our disposal. There, there is no reason why anybody can't try and pursue their dreams. Well, there are some reasons why, but
7: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs>
7: there
6: are some reasons why maybe it's economics and other other barriers. But
7: yeah,
3: no, in theory absolutely uh i think jennifer you you ended beautifully uh by combining the the true and the soulful and the very practical which is what we all have to deal with Mm -hmm. well all right ken final thought
5: uh final thought is let's go home i have some creating to do (laughs) (laughs) all right Go for it. A lot of fun today. Uh, deep stuff, big stuff. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'll work on naming some uh, pets after Star Wars characters. All right. right, I'll get <laughs> there. Uh, you can follow us. We're Force Center Pod, currently operating as Other Center. But we're found everywhere uh, as Force Center on Twitter, Force Center Pod. We're on Hive. We are on Threads. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook at Force Center Podcast. We're on YouTube as well. Podcasts available in a lot of different spots. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. i got to take out Stitcher because it's no longer there because Stitcher's no longer there. Tune in and a whole lot of spots. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash 4Center and patreon.com slash 4Center is where you can support us directly. Uh, follow me at CadNabstock and uh, my website will have updated tour dates soon. Not doing a ton this fall, but uh, October will be in New York with Mark Ellis during the week of New York Comic Con and uh, Christmas time up in Seattle. So information uh, coming for that soon. And you can see me Try My Art. Jen, where can they find and follow you?
6: You can see me trying my art and my new adventure of diving into vintage and retro things from the 80s and 90s at Jennifer Landa, 1138 on TikTok, and at Jennifer Landa on all the other social media platforms.
5: Love that. Joseph, take us home. Thank you for leading us through some tough and important questions today. Uh, absolutely wonderful
3: wonderful Questions we I mean, can't wait to get to uh, So many more wonderful questions that Patrons have asked and please keep them Coming uh, you can find me on all the Social media my handle is at joseph Scrimshaw just about everywhere uh, blue sky In particular it'd be great to have More people on blue sky uh, Instagram as well is, uh, is one where, where people still seem to you know Have fun sometimes which I like fun So uh, <laughs> find me there uh, I've got uh, more information coming soon about where a couple of the short films are playing, in particular, The Nightmare Adorable, the short uh, uh, comedy horror film uh, that I made uh, with many wonderful, wonderful people, is going to be at the H.P. Lovecraft Festival in Portland, Oregon, the weekend of October 6th and 8th, uh, 6th through the 8th, and uh, more dates coming up soon. That is it. Thank you. I hope that we have had uh, a good time finding some A's for these cues of the other.